Welcome to the All Saints Community Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We are a community of worship and formation on mission with Jesus. We are committed to being rooted in the scriptures and the historic Christian faith and to kingdom life in the power of the Holy Spirit. As you listen, may you be encouraged and empowered to know the Lord Jesus and make him known. For more information on who we are, visit allsaintsokc.org or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at ASCCOKC. So today is officially the start of Advent, but we're going to start Advent next week. We've got a little foretaste of it with our lights, and we're going to look at why Christ came beginning next week. But today, I want us to look at the life-changing power of thanksgiving and praise. We're coming out of the Thanksgiving holiday, and sometimes it blows by, and we don't really think that much about thanksgiving. And so, I want us to immerse ourselves in some scripture this morning about thanksgiving And we're going to look at a number of reasons for Thanksgiving and the effects of Thanksgiving. And I'm pairing Thanksgiving with praise. And so, Lord, we just ask as we open the Scriptures that you would stoke the spirit of Thanksgiving in us, that we would be thankful people, that you would take any heaviness that we have and replace it with a garment of praise and thanksgiving today. We pray that in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So the first thing, church, in looking at the life-changing power of thanksgiving and praise is found in Psalm 100. If you want to flip there, and again, get your Bibles ready because we're going to be moving through some key passages in the Old Testament and the New Testament on Thanksgiving. Psalm 100. I'm going to read the whole thing, and then we're going to focus on verse 4. Psalm 100, 1 to 4. And look for this. Thanksgiving and praise bring us into God's presence. Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is he that made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. This is the Word of God. Isn't that powerful? Man, thanks be to God. So, the life-changing power of thanksgiving and praise, the first thing that happens when we give thanks and when we praise, it brings us into God's presence. Did you see it there? I shared a couple of weeks ago about a rule or a guide for prayer, and this is how my rule of prayer begins every day with this verse right here. I pray, I open, and this morning I started because I knew my prayer walk wouldn't happen because it's 25 degrees out there. And so my prayer time started in bed, on my back, 
where it was warm and cozy. But I, I start this way. I say, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And I call on God, the Holy Trinity, and then I pray this verse multiple times. I say, I declare that he's created this day. He's Lord over the day. And then I give my response. So I say this. I say, Lord, this is the day that you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I will enter your gates with thanksgiving and I will enter your courts with praise. I will come into your courts with praise. And friends, if you start your day that way, it definitely is going to start off better than what naturally comes to mind. Normally, the first thing when we wake up, we have thoughts ready to invade us and ambush us. Would you agree? Anxiety, whatever it is you're dealing with. And so if right when our eyes open, right when our day starts, we declare something like this. We're starting our day with thanksgiving and praise. And friends, if you declare this, if you declare the truths of Scripture like this, no matter what you are facing, there's power in it. Again, you have a choice to make. Are you going to start the day and let someone else determine your mindset, or are you going to take a passage like this and say, Lord, this is the day that you've made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Friends, it'll change your day. It'll change your heart. Many of you do this, and it's a lifelong practice that we have to continue. Now, you notice here, this is interesting. Look at verse 4. You're entering his gates with thanksgiving, and then you're entering his courts with praise. Friends, this is speaking about increasing nearness and intimacy and proximity to God. The temple was God's palace, wasn't it? The time of Christ, even before the time of Christ, when this was written, the temple had an outer gate. And so the psalmist is saying here, even when you're approaching God's palace, you're coming before the throne at that outer gate, come in with thanksgiving. From the beginning, you're coming into the Lord's presence with thanksgiving. And as you move closer into the court, the outer court, have praise in your heart. You begin with thanksgiving, you move in closer, and you've got praise. And then, friends, we know in the New Testament, the Holy of Holies is opened up to us. Unlike the Old Testament, the Old Covenant people of God, the very holy place is open to you and me. It's open to those who have faith in Christ. And so you come into his presence with thanksgiving and praise. The second reason or effect for thanksgiving and praise is found in 2 Chronicles 20. I'm going to kind of give a summary of this story. We're not going to read the whole thing, but you're going to see here that thanksgiving and praise rout the enemy. Church, what does it mean for the enemy to be routed? Maybe roughed up a little bit or obliterated. Thank you. Synonym of the day. That's it right there. So thanks and praise obliterate our spiritual enemies. In this original story in 2 Chronicles 20, 20 to 23, what is happening here in this context is the enemies of God's people, the Moabites and the Ammonites, they're coming against King Jehoshaphat. And this is around 900 years before Christ. And the people respond by getting on their faces before God and saying, Lord, we are desperate. 
that these armies are going to wipe us out. We need your help. We need you. We are powerless, the text says, against this multitude coming against us. We don't know what to do. Our eyes are on you, though. And so it's interesting. A prophet stands up in that little prayer meeting and says to the king and says to the people, don't fear. Don't be dismayed at this great army. The battle is not yours, but it's the Lord's. And then, interestingly, they appoint a group. You know this story. They appoint appoint a group of people to go before the army of Israel and to say something. And they say this, 2 Chronicles 20, 20 through 23, give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. And as they sang, as they praised the Lord, the Lord set an ambush against their opponents. They were routed. So friends, we don't engage in physical warfare today, do we? So this text has a spiritual meaning for us. And that spiritual meaning is that if you are facing difficult spiritual enemies, opponents, and if you will give thanks and praise in the face of those spiritual enemies, the the Lord will rout them. This is not easy, is it? This is a difficult practice, but I want to invite us as a church in those moments when you're facing something that's menacing. Some of us face things that can take your breath away. Here it comes again. It's coming over me again. Darkness, a cloud of depression, oppression, a hopeless situation. And so I'm inviting us, friends, to step right into that and say, thanks be to God. Thank you, Lord. Praise your name. You're good. This is difficult. I can be overwhelmed without your help, but I'm choosing right here to take a stand and to say, thanks be to God. Praise the name of the Lord and watch what happens. Friends, the enemies of God, anxiety, oppression, depression, lust, temptation, those things flee in the face of thanksgiving. Over our retreat that we had a couple of weeks ago, I heard Bree Helm, one of our young adults, our intern, she was sharing some of her story because she's gone through some amazing deliverance and life transformation. And Bree said this, she said, praise and thanksgiving have been my greatest weapon after my deliverance. So friends, that's what we're talking about. Praise and thanksgiving as a weapon for us to walk out our lives with Jesus. A third thing, another reason, an effect for thanksgiving and praise is found in Philippians 4, 4 to 6. Some of these texts are more familiar to us, but I want us to focus particularly on thanksgiving. Look at Philippians 4, 4 to 6. Prayer with thanksgiving brings peace and overcomes anxiety. Is anyone dealing with anxiety today? Here's your solution right here. The Apostle Paul gives it. Philippians 4, 4 to 6. The Apostle Paul says this, and this is the dude who has been shipwrecked and physically beaten multiple times and hit with rocks, being stoned nearly to death, suffering greatly, and listen to what he says. 
This is his secret. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And church, what happens? Verse 7, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So in these verses, there's four actions on our part. You see him right there, don't you? He says, rejoice twice. He says, be gentle. He says, don't worry about anything. I'm like, is that a typo? Because I would think you could worry about some things, but what's your Bible say? Don't worry about anything. Once again, I'm like, Paul, is this realistic? But obviously it is, and he tells us how. Don't worry about anything. Make your request known to God through prayer and thanksgiving, through supplication. And then the text says that God will respond in two ways. God will be near and God will guard our hearts with his peace in Christ Jesus. Guarding is a pretty strong word, isn't it? So the enemies attack us. We respond not with anxiousness, but with prayer and thanksgiving and calling out to God. And his peace comes with great force to guard us in ways that we can't even comprehend. So friends, if you're dealing with anxiety today, it's time to give thanks in the face of that, to get on your knees, to pray, to call out to the Lord, and he will provide strength. A fourth thing, 1 Corinthians 15, 57. So hang a left from Philippians there. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. I gave you a heads up. We'd be moving through a number of passages. Those that don't have your Bibles, bring your Bibles, right? Bring your Bibles. You can look up here at the slides. I keep toying with not doing slides anymore. I might do that. I might just put the reference up there because I want you to be engaged. I want you to open your Bible, get used to it. If you're a new believer, a young person, it's important that you spend a lot of time in that physical copy of the scriptures. 1 Corinthians 15 57, Paul is talking here about how the resurrection of Jesus makes believers' resurrection possible. And he's explaining in this whole chapter because Jesus took on human flesh through his incarnation because he suffered, he died, he was raised, he ascended to the right hand of God. Paul says that sin and death and Satan and all of God's enemies, all of our enemies are conquered and then look what he says at the end of this meditation on the resurrection of Jesus. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Let's read that together. You can look up here. You can. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, giving thanks reminds us that we're victors in Christ. I've mentioned this lately because it's ringing in my ears, the invitation, Brock, do you want to be a victim or a victor? And I'm choosing the victor mentality. I'm meditating on passages like this, and I want to invite you, church, to meditate on the fact that God has given you and me victory 
through the Lord Jesus. All the enemies that we face, all the difficulties are under the feet of Christ. And as we say, thanks be to God, it changes our mindset, it changes our heart. Thanks be to God. Look at 2 Corinthians 2.14, reinforces this. Giving thanks reminds us of victory and triumph in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 2.14. Are you seeing it here? The importance, the effects of thanksgiving and praise? 2 Corinthians 2.14. Paul saying again, but thanks be to God who in Christ Jesus leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads in every place the fragrance that comes from knowing him. We know Paul loves word pictures and images, doesn't he? So he's drawing from the ancient world regularly and here he's looking at a military word picture. And Paul knows history and he's observed different military campaigns and he brings to mind victorious generals that would lead prisoners of war in a triumphal procession right through the heart of the capital city. And Paul is saying Christ is actually the true spiritual conquering general and that he leads his followers in a triumphal procession. He leads us as the crucified, resurrected one. He's the supreme Lord, and we follow in line behind him. And our lives are fragrant offerings and incense. So friends, Jesus is the victor, and he gives us victory. He leads us in his triumphal procession, and we can either spread the fragrant knowledge of him and his victory through thanksgiving, or we can avoid doing that. And Paul is saying, no, let's be a fragrance of Christ. A fifth thing here. How are we doing? We doing okay? Are you seeing it in the scriptures, Old Testament and New Testament? Colossians 4.2. We looked at this recently, but it's a key text here. Colossians 4.2. It's short and sweet. A fifth reason for thanksgiving and praise. Colossians 4.2, Paul says this, devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with thanksgiving. So when he's talking about devotion to prayer, devotion to God and prayer, he's saying be persistent. Hold fast to prayer. Don't let go of God in prayer. And he's saying If you want to do this, then you've got to keep alert. This doesn't mean just staying awake. I've shared with you that that's part of my prayer time. Probably part of your prayer time as well is staying awake, right? Making sure that we're not sleeping and drooling on our Bibles, which I've done before. But keeping alert means watching over our hearts, watching over our inner lives, being watchful over our minds, over that city called the heart. And friends, there's something about thanksgiving that plays a key part of that. It helps us 
in prayer. Try that through the day. Try that through the day. Just give thanks to God. Give thanks that he has saved you. Give thanks for your friends. Give thanks whatever it is you're encountering. Thank you, Lord, that I have a car to even drive somewhere. Thank you that I get to eat this meal. Try that, and the next thing you know, you will be praying in new ways. Give thanks. Rather than complain, which some of us have a tendency to do, myself included, murmuring and complaining can be turned into thanksgiving. So if you have that impulse to complain or murmur, Try giving thanks. And the next thing you know, you'll be praying a lot more, more effectively, and you'll be more watchful over your mind and your heart. A sixth thing, another well-known passage here, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Let's read it. Paul loves to give at the end of these letters, he gives practical directions and admonitions filled with verbs for the church to see and to practice. This is a well-known passage here at All Saints, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. You could come at this from different angles, looking at the different things, but we're looking at thanksgiving and praise. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Once again, look at that. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. And as we point out, friends, when the scriptures give directives like that, it is a promise. It's a promise to the church. It's a promise to all saints, our local church here. Church, you can rejoice always. All saints, you can pray without ceasing. There is a place in God where you can pray and commune with the Lord through the day and even into the night. All saints, you can give thanks in all circumstances. Amanda and I have been discussing this very thing right here, and we've been trying to practice it, haven't we? And it's not easy. <laughs> Giving thanks in or for all circumstances, not just the good stuff. That's easy. It's easy to say, thank you, Lord, for that raise. Lord, thank you for that new friendship. Thank you for that encouraging word, someone. How about the hard stuff that's there in your life, not as a result of your sin, you didn't bring it on yourself, but it is just there, sitting on you, sitting in your car, sitting in the living room, and it doesn't go away. It's hard. Friends, what if you chose to give thanks in the midst of that? What if you chose to say, rather than, why me? Lord, why is this happening to me? Why this? Why me? Why now? Why won't you take it away? What if you instead said, Lord, I give thanks to you. I'm choosing right now to give thanks. I don't understand. You see my heart. I have issues with it 
the problem, maybe with you, but I'm giving thanks. And I thank you that I can trust you, that this is here, that I'm facing this, and that you will give me the strength to endure it. Friends, what happens? What happens to your, your mind, your heart, your attitude? Things change, don't they? We've been practicing this for really the first time because we got some hard stuff, and it's not going away. And so we're saying, Lord, thank you. Praise you. You're forming Christ in us in a way that can only be formed in this situation, on this cross, in this crucible, in these deep waters. And I give you thanks. I can trust you and you trust me. You trust me with this situation. And so I'm going to do my best to give thanks, to have a good attitude, and to persist in praise. Church, do you want that? Is that something you're interested in? Easy peasy to give thanks for the good stuff. But where you're hanging on a cross and you're bearing the cross, like Christ says, try giving thanks then. Friends, I'm sharing, I'm weak. Amanda's weak. You're weak, but in our weakness, he gives us strength. He can help us be the kind of people that give thanks and pray and rejoice. Because what does the text say at the end of that cluster of verses there at verse 18? This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Can you think of another place in the Gospels where Jesus encourages us to pray something. What's he encourage us to pray, church, in Matthew 6? Your kingdom come, your will be done. And so by praying that, it doesn't mean just, Lord, change the, my university, change the city, change my workplace. The Lord brings his will, and his will involves you being a thankful person. It involves you and me being a prayerful person. It involves rejoicing always. And this is a lifelong project, isn't it? It doesn't just come overnight. This doesn't change in a week. This is something that we have to practice week in and week out, month in and month out. And he gives us the grace. Last thing here. Is it okay if I give you one more? Can't end on six. You got to end on seven, a good biblical number, right? And this is a story, Acts 16, 23 to 26. If we had time, we'd read it, but we don't. I'm just going to summarize here. This is Paul and Silas, and they have been apprehended by the authorities, and they have been flogged. They have been beaten big time. And they're thrown into prison, and their hands and their feet are placed in wooden stocks. And Acts 16, 25 gives us their response. So they're thrown into a jail, treated unfairly, unjustly, and about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was an earthquake 
and it shook the prison and the doors opened. So friends, lastly here, a reason, an effect of praise is giving thanks even in suffering. And this suffering in this text here is for being a Christian, isn't it? Right? We need to make sure when we read the scriptures, oftentimes when it's talking about suffering, this is suffering for Jesus. This is suffering because of a testimony for Christ that people don't want, that people are opposing. And so they're suffering and they're praising and giving thanks and singing at midnight in jail. But there's also other kinds of suffering that can happen just by being in a broken world, right? And so the point of this text, though, is to teach us to give thanks, to rejoice, to praise, even in suffering. And we do talk about this quite regularly because the scriptures teach it. And even this story in Acts 16 teaches it. It is normal for Christians to suffer. It's not abnormal. The American mindset might think, why are you suffering? Why are things hard? Why are things difficult? It is normal for Christians to suffer, to be opposed, to be hated, to be misunderstood, to be thrown in jail, to be arrested. The majority of Christians in the world, the non-Western world, are experiencing that. And many of them are praising and rejoicing and even saying, Lord, thank you that we're counted worthy to suffer for your name. Let's stand, church.